Hi, Green Junkie. It's Stephanie Moram. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Amanda Hearn, who is the founder of Put a Cup in It. She's the voice behind that brand. It is a website and social media platform dedicated to period education, focusing on sustainable period products like menstrual cups, discs, cloth pads, period underwear. Growing up with periods being treated as a taboo and something to be embarrassed of, she never imagined having a public platform talking openly about every aspect of menstruation. After hearing the life-changing praises of the menstrual cup, she gave it a try and never looked back. Driven by a desire to start conversations and make information approachable and accessible, she has been a menstrual health advocate for over a decade and is grateful to be part of this incredible community. You can head over to my Instagram and TikTok and follow me at This is Stephanie Moram. If you want to reduce waste and learn how to consume less in just five days or less, you can binge my complimentary audio series. You can find the link in the description. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on whatever platform you get your podcast. That way you will never miss another Green Living episode. Hey, Amanda, how's it going? Thank you for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. It's going good. Of course. Of course. This is going to be a great conversation. So let's dive right into it. And I think a question most people probably have is how do you make your period sustainable? Like, what does that look like? I think the obvious, like, most easy things to do are to switch to reusable products. Um, they're going to, you know, last you longer, not be repeat purchases not thrown away and contributing to the landfill. So uh, things like menstrual cups, menstrual discs, cloth pads, period underwear. Um, I also think that options like organic tampons and organic pads are better choices as well. Though they are disposable, I still think it's like a better choice when we're talking about um, like synthetic rayon products. Yeah. And so we're talking about period sustainability, right? Like how to make your period sustainable. So if somebody uses like the typical, you know, tampons they buy at the pharmacy and the um, typical pads, like why should somebody jump to using organic products? So like the organic cotton as tampons and pads, and then even take it a step further and jump to like the menstrual cup. Like why do you think people should do it? Is it because it's better for the planet? Is it because the products are better? The ingredients in in the pads and the tampons, or is it just kind of like a combination of all of it? It's definitely a combination of all of it. Um, traditional pads and tampons, um, first of all, they're not actually made with like organic, or sorry, not organic cotton, but just like cottons in general. Like a lot of them are just like synthetic rayons, which I didn't know growing up. I thought they were just all like basically big cotton swabs. They are not. Um, and those things can leave like tiny micro abrasions and like which are like little cuts inside your vaginal walls. They're irritating to the skin. Um, so just kind of getting away from those products, I think is good. So your organic um, like tampons and pads don't have like the same risk factors. They don't have the same potential toxins to expose you to. So that's one nice thing about the like organic pads and tampons as an alternative to the traditional products. Um, and then of course, switching to a cup or disc or like cloth pads, period underwear, any of that kind of stuff. Um, those aren't going to have um, many of the same qualities, like a cup, for example, or a disc, they're not going to absorb the fluids inside. Um, so I think that at least for me, I found them just to be more comfortable. I found that they didn't upset my 
like natural vaginal environment the same way. And if we're talking about external products, I didn't notice as much like chafing, sweating, things like that. So like comfort factors more on those for me. So we're talking about like reusable because I I use a cup, right? right? Um, And I've used also, you know, organic pads. I've, you know, I bought some period underwear. So talking about a cup, I know I looked on your website, um, by the way, her website is put a cup in it. Um, You have cups and discs. So what is the biggest difference if somebody's like, I don't even know what to buy. Like I use traditional tampons and I'm going to go, I'm going to try this cup. I'm going to try this disc, but they don't even know the difference. Like what is the biggest difference between a cup and a disc? The main difference between a cup and a disc is the shape and how it's worn inside the body. Um, Both of them are mostly reusable options. Now it used to be that discs were only available in a disposable option, but now there's way more uh, reusable options on the market than there are disposable. So primarily they're all reusable. They're typically silicone and they just collect your menstrual fluid and then you dump it, wash, reinsert. Like both of them have that all in common. Um, however, a cup is sort of like bell or cup shaped and it sits, um, kind of just like straight in the vaginal canal, whereas a disc is sort of like a shallow bowl shape and you kind of squish it and it goes in sort of like a little more horizontally, um, if that makes sense. Um, so they just sit a little bit differently in the vaginal canal. I happen to prefer cups. I do feel like based on what I see, like most people tend to prefer them, but a lot of people really love discs. And a lot of people are um, coming around to the idea of trying them, even if they've been using cups. So they're kind of having their kind of boom at the moment. I feel like um, they are definitely nicer for people. I feel like if you have a really high cervix, people tend to like them because you can reach them a little easier. Or okay. if they're just new to it, um, I feel like some people are a little easier to adopt the idea of a disc because it is kind of bigger and like, um, which is actually surprising to me because a lot of people were like freaked out by the size of cups being so big, but maybe (laughs) it's because the disc like squished down so small that it makes it a little more approachable. So when somebody is, cause there's like a good, like a gazillion types of like cups and discs. Well, I think there's more cups and discs from my understanding. I think there's less options for discs, but when it comes to a menstrual cup, like if you go online and Google that shit, like there are so many options. So how, how do you pick the one that you should buy? Like if you're online and they don't sell it in like a waste, a waste free store, you don't have it in a pharmacy and you're like online staring at these options. And if anybody is looking for options, Amanda has a great resource on her website. We'll link it in the description that has like links to all the different types of cups too. But I'd love for you to just share, like, how do you know which one to pick? Like, I know you need to pick like pre-children and after children if you do decide to have children. Um, But outside of that, like, how do you know which one to pick? Like, Um, if you're in a pinch, I think that following like, usually the brand, like if you're at a store, um, the brand, like the back of the box is going to give you like a general guideline I don't think that these are the absolute best way to choose a cup because usually they either say, um, you know, if you're under 30, over 30, if you've had kids, if you haven't had kids, or some of them say like, if you have a heavy period or a light period, and they usually list like one of those, not like all of them, like one, a brand will usually stick to like one of those guidelines. And I think that they are an okay, like quick and fast, like easy way to just kind of make a snap decision. Um, And so if you're in a pinch, just use what the brand recommends. 
But if you have the time to do a little more research, um, things like your lifestyle, like if you're really active, you may need a firmer cup to help like help it pop open against like your strong muscles. Um, or, you know, if you have like a really sensitive bladder, you might want something softer so that it's not pressing on your bladder. So there's a lot of different like little elements that you want to take into consideration for finding something that's really best suited to your body, your lifestyle, your period. Um, so, um, I do have a quiz that helps kind of walk through those things that you answer questions and it will like weigh your answers based on the best cups for that outcome. And then it does like a whole mathematical thing. And then in the end, it kind of gives you um, like three to five options that really fit your answers and what might work best for you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a little more nuanced than just what's on the back of the box, but yeah. if you're in a pinch that, you know, that's a pretty decent start. And all the things you mentioned, like lifestyle, you know, all that, all things I wish I would have known when I bought mine, <laughs> because I was like, it falls out. Cause like I run a lot, you know, or I'm running around with the kids or I'm doing this or so all things that are definitely important to take into consideration. So I, again, I'm going to put this in the description, but it's put a cup in it.com slash. I might've put the wrong link slash quiz. And then if you're looking at the disc, we'll talk about that. But the quiz for that is put a cup in it.com slash disc hyphen mm -hmm. quiz. Again, it's all going to be in the description, everyone. So um, you can grab it there. But I love that you created a quiz so that people aren't like staring, going, looking at the box, going, oh my gosh, what do I pick? And then, you know, again, again, I love brands and I know they try to be as transparent as you can. And especially sustainable brands or, you know, low waste brands, they want even... I feel like try to be even more transparent, but sometimes they're not and that's okay. But I love that you have a quiz. So people are like, okay, I'm going to do this quiz and I'm going to like get an idea of what I should actually buy. <laughs> so that's, yeah. Perfect. I mean, I think that there are shortcomings, you know, when it comes to product packaging and for brands, um, I don't think that it's necessarily a situation where they don't want to be as helpful as they possibly can be, but you have very little space exactly. and you need to be able to make it not confusing. And I don't, you could never, <laughs> you could never put all of the things you need that you might want to consider onto right. a box True. and it not be overwhelming. So I think that they try to choose the one that will help them make the best decision with as little um, confusion as possible. And so like, I think that's fine. And I totally get that. Um, but, you know, like I said, if you have a little more time to do that extra research, you can really kind of hone in on what's really going to work best for you if you consider these other factors. And so that's where that came in. And the idea behind it was just to help make it easier to try a cup because after you answer these questions, like you have a confidence in like, okay, I know that I've answered, you know, all these questions about my specific experience. And so when you get that recommendation, I think that there's a little more like a little more confidence, a little more like peace and like making a good decision. And you just feel a little more supported in that, like that leap to a new product that's unfamiliar and kind of scary. And if you have, this is going to be a question. Someone's for sure. They're listening right now. And they're like, I have a question. And this is the question they're probably thinking, is it going to leak? <laughs> Are the menstrual cups going to leak? Are they a hundred percent? Or is there always a couple of percentage that it will leak or disc? Like does the menstrual cup leak less than a disc? about the same. Cause I know this is a question I get when people are like, you use a cup. Yeah. That's going to leak. I'm like, it actually doesn't leak, <laughs> but I'd love for you to yeah. just chat about that a little bit. 
So I don't, I don't experience leaks. Um, I was also fortunate in like the first cup I tried, I didn't experience leaks. Um, I have had one cup that I've tried that for whatever reason, and I can't quite figure it out. It didn't like me and I would get the very faintest of leaks. It never would have ended up like on my underwear or anything like that, but it definitely sort of seemed to bypass the cup and I don't know why. Um, but generally speaking, if you have a good fit, you know, the cup or just that fits your body best, isn't slipping out of place, isn't too small, too small. I think is something that people run into an issue with, but as long as it's a good fit for you, you should not be experiencing leaks as long as your cup's not like overflowing. If you have a very heavy period, I think some people do get kind of hung up in the, like, you can wear it up to 12 hours, but if you've got like the super heavy flow and you're filling your cup, you're going to have to empty it sooner, unfortunately. In that case, you might want to consider a larger cup, but for the most part, if you have a good fit, you shouldn't be experiencing leaking. That doesn't mean that it's not possible. Some people do. And so they will choose to wear like a liner or period underwear as backup. But I would say for the most part, if you have a proper fit, you shouldn't be experiencing leaking. Yeah. Like mine doesn't tend to leak that much. Um, but there has been times, let's say, let's say I'm like running or being more active and then I'll put like, I'll buy an organic cotton. Like I have like four organic cotton, um, like pads and I snap it on just in case, just in case I'm running and something happens. Um, but those, that's a great option too. Like if you're using the menstrual cup and, you're wearing white, let's say, and you're like uber paranoid, then wear a tiny little pad just to be safe. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but like when you're talking about the disc, so I can understand, I I've seen pictures of the disc. It's like really like a circle, like how does that stay in differently than the cup? So the disc, um, I mean, it's still held in by your vaginal walls, but it kind of like hooks behind your cervix sort of. And then it like, kind of tilted up. And so it's like held in place behind your cervix and behind your pubic bone, like between those two. Okay. And I think one of the issues that people run into with leaking there is that they'll get a disc that's too big. And so then it kind of like bunches, um, in that space or it slips from behind the pubic bone because it's just a little too big. Um, there are some more discs on the market now, thankfully that are kind of like in a medium size range. And I find that those tend to work the best for most people. So if I had to just give like one blanket recommendation, it would absolutely be just try a medium discourse. If you're not going to like do a bunch of research, like go medium. Um, because I think that tends to fit most people. Um, the, the ones that are too small, like, um, they can like, if it's too small for you, it can kind of get lost up there just because it's so tiny. Um, at least I feel like <laughs> <Lost>. it is <laughs> like, if you have a high cervix, Oh boy, that would be no good. <laughs> but, um, but the larger ones, I do feel like they tend to be they I think they're kind of big. I, I don't prefer them. Um, actually a medium disc was the first time I was ever able to actually wear a disc comfortably. So I personally never tried one. So I'm just like, I'm not going to buy something new. <laughs> I already have cups that function. So uh, this is like another question I'm sure people would have when it comes to like, should I use a cup? Should I not use a cup? Can you use them indefinitely? Or is there a time where you're like, okay, you've used it for two years, three years, you need to get a new one. Or is it just by how your body changes and then you'll know when to change it? Is this unofficial advice? Um, (laughs) um, So I have cups that are older than brands recommend. I would still use them or do still use them. As long as the material is not degraded, you don't notice any cracks. It's not um, like, it doesn't 
change the texture of it. Um, if the silicone starts to get bad, it might get dusty or sticky or like you'll notice that the material is degrading. If you notice any of that, absolutely replace it. Some people also notice that over time, their cups become softer and just don't okay. hold their shape quite as well. So if it's changing, if it's changing how well it's working for you, I would get a new cup. Brand guidelines, they're kind of all over the place. I don't know if it's because different countries have different regulations or just different brands, you know, have different testing, whatever the, I don't know what the answer is, but some of them say replace it every year. Some say two years, some say 10 years. So it's kind of all over the place, like I said. So I kind of, I would go by personally, as long as my material is looking fine, um, not at all degraded. Definitely keep an eye out for like cracks or anything like that where like bacteria could potentially grow. As long as you're not seeing any of those things, I would feel safe using it. So speaking of bacteria, how do you clean them? I I just use a non-scented like gentle hand soap. Um, that's not recommended by any brand <laughs> um, again, <laughs> but um, I'm not going to buy a specialty wash. Um, hopefully they don't hear me say that. I just not going to happen. Um, I won't remember to repurchase it. Um, so I just, I use what I have and I tend to buy products that don't have, like, I don't like strong fragrances. I don't want like an- extra antibacterial stuff. So I don't purchase those things like in general. So the hand wash that I buy is, I feel like it's, perfectly fine to use. And so that's what I use. Um, they do make specialty washes. You can use those. Um, I've also talked to some brands that say that like kind of really agitating, like washing, like you normally would with soap, but like just with water also works. I don't personally feel comfortable with that, but some people do. So, so are you talking like in between, okay, I need to empty it. Now I'm going to go to the sink and wash it. Is that what you're talking about using the soap or is that like, after you're done your five days, four days, however long your period is. um, And now you're going to store it for like 25 days kind of thing. Is there a difference between how you clean them or store? um, Some brands say to boil between cycles. I've never boiled a cup. I'm bad at this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've never boiled a cup. Um, I, uh, I, I have a little bit of a theory that like maybe boiling regularly isn't great for the materials. So I don't do it. And I just stick to washing it. Like I described between, like, even when I empty it, I wash it out because I just want to make sure that like, I don't get any sort of like growth of anything. Um, so I just wash it between, I rinse it very thoroughly. Um, I use my, like my thumbs to like really like kind of, um, rub the material like really well with running water. Um, to make sure there's like no residues or anything like that left. And I do that like between changes. And then I also do that at the end of my period. And then before I would use it again. Would you recommend um, if people were like, I, I need more than soap, like soap is good. Oh, absolutely. More than soap. Can you use vinegar or anything like that? Like, can you soak it in vinegar to get stuff off? No, I don't know. I've not really heard of anyone doing that. I might be hesitant to use vinegar just because like I've definitely opened jars that have had vinegar in it and they still smell like it forever. So I probably would not use vinegar on my cup personally. (laughs) Um, But I know that sometimes this isn't also recommended. I swear nothing's recommended except for um, cup washes. But um, some people will every once in a while use um, peroxide um, to help Mm -hmm. um, kind of disinfect and also help it removes the stains. Like if that's something that you're concerned about, I wouldn't do it regularly, but like 
every once in a while, I think would be fine. And if somebody, let's say, out and about, because I think this is like a concern for people are like, I'm in a public bathroom and I need to dump it because I've been out all day. So what are your kind of recommendations to like, if you're out and about what to do if you are using a menstrual cup or do you just say, use a, use a tampon, just use a tampon and use a cup at home or can you still use a cup when you're out? Um, you can definitely use it when you're out and about. Um, the good thing is that as long as you have a fairly average flow, you probably won't need to change it when you're out unless you're out for like, you know, again, you can wear them for like up to 12 hours. So unless you're out like literally like all day long, you may not need to change it if you have a you know pretty average flow. If you do need to change it, what I've done in the past is I've either just emptied it into the toilet, wiped it with some like toilet paper and just reinserted it and then change it properly when I get home or to a private location where I can use the rest or like use the sink that's not you know, public and full of who knows what, um, or you can use like a fingertip sprayer. I've done that before. Um, like when I would go to like a conference or something, I would just keep like a fingertip sprayer with like water, or you could use your cup cleanser if you wanted to. Um, and then I, again, we just dump it into the toilet, spray it off, spray it out, wipe it off, reinsert. And then again, the first chance I had, I would probably go ahead and like give it a typical to me washing and reinsert. I'm so glad that I'm not the only one that dumps it in, wipes it with toilet paper and puts it back in. I'm I mean, like, it was just the only in there, one that does this. <laughs> well, yeah, like you're going to the bathroom and you're like, okay, well, I need to like get this out. And it's not like I'm leaving it in again for like 12 hours, so like bacteria goes or anything. But I mean, as long as you're cleaning it, right? Regularly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't do it like as my every change, but I mean... I don't think that that's going to be an issue. Like if you have to change it every once in a while while you're out. Do you have um, a favorite cup that like you love? I mean, obviously everybody, Um, everybody's different. Our (laughs) bodies are different. So maybe someone might not be able to use that specific one, but is there one that you're like hands down? Like I have three that I really love and tend to rotate through. Um, I really like the salt soft the kind cup, I use the larger size of that. And then um, the super Jenny small, which is actually the same size as like the large of the like salt and the kind cup. And they're all like on the softer side. Um, I remove the stems off of all my cups. So um, like, that's not a factor for me, but I just feel like they're really comfortable. And once I have them in place, they, I never have to worry about leaks. And I feel like I don't really feel them, which is like huge for me because if I can feel it, um, I will not stop thinking about it. (laughs) So (laughs) comfort is, comfort is huge for me. Um, But those are my three favorite. But as you said, like everyone's different. So don't buy it just because I like it personally, but those are my three that I tend to reach for. And so you said you cut off the stem. Can you just like explain that quickly? Like what the stem is? So the stem, this um, menstrual cups have a stem, a few discs do. But menstrual cups typically all have a stem for the most part. And it's not really like a removal device. (laughs) Like I think, I, I think that it's sort of familiar, like a tampon, except for like, you do not use that to pull out your cup. It's just kind of more to like help, like have something to grasp as you reach for the base or just like to, you know, get a handle on where it's at to move it around or like kind of fix it in position. But, um, I can always reach my cup. I don't have a super high cervix. So I cut them off because I don't want to feel anything. Um, right. <laughs> some people ask like, should the stem be all the way inside? Can it stick out? And I'm like, whatever works for you and whatever you're comfortable with, 
some people are super worried about like the cup getting too high and not being able to reach it. And they have no problem allowing the stems to out a little bit so that they have that peace of mind. If that works for you, you do exactly what works for you. Um, for me, that that's not me. So I cut them all off and I just, I want it all up inside. I want to think about nothing until it's time <laughs> to change it. And so my last question I think is, I might have more, don't quote me, <laughs> but so someone decides to get their, you know, get a cup and they're using it, they wash it. Now they're done their period. It's the first time. How should they store it? What is the best way to keep it clean? Um, so you can use it the next time. Um, most cups will come with like a cloth bag, like just like some cotton or something. Um, I would just wash the cup and store it in there and then just wash it again before you were to use it. Um, if you want to boil it in between cycles, then absolutely go ahead and do that. But just in something breathable, don't put it in anything that doesn't have access to air. Um, and don't do what I do, which is just throw it in my bathroom drawer. <laughs> and I wanted to add, because I am a big, big fan of TerraCycle. I talk about it all the time on my podcast. Again, if you're new here and you don't know what TerraCycle is, go to terracycle.com.ca. Um, they have European sites. They basically take items that are hard to recycle that can't go in curbside recycling and they will take them and recycle them. They have free programs, they have paid programs. All that to say is I wish this was like a bigger program they offered, but in the States they do offer a diva cup program. So if anyone out there has a diva cup and you don't want it anymore, um, they do have a program where you can send them any diva cup products back and you print out a shipping label and you can ship it back. I wish it was a program for all cups <laughs> and not just for Diva Cup, but they're sponsoring it. So they only want Diva Cups to be sent back. But that, you know, because at the end of the life cycle, they end up in the trash, right? And it's not yeah, like they, they can might... be burned, but um, oh. I yeah, yeah they true. won't like, so they should just turn to ash um, if you were to burn a cup. So that is an option. Um, but yeah, I do wish that it was easier to recycle them. That's one of my gripes with silicone is they're like, oh, it's like so easy to recycle but no one recycles it. Like there's nowhere to take right. silicone. So at least I've not ever been able to find anything that's like feasible. So um, that, yeah, that would I think that, like, be nice. In general with silicone, like you said, so I know that, like I said, Diva Cup takes mm -hmm. back their cups. So if you're a bunch of women, you all have Diva Cups, put them all together in a box and ship them. Um, but I do know that- <laughs> To a collection yeah. of used cups. <laughs> yeah, like seriously, a collection of like used cups. Um, and I also know that Stasher, they, you know, nothing to do with like, obviously de like with period cups, but they make the silicone reusable bags. They take back the, the, in the United States, not in Canada, they take back their Stasher bags that are ripped or anything like that. And they take them back via TerraCycle as well. So I think eventually it might come where more brands might be able to offer this because it costs money, right? It costs money for the brand to have TerraCycle offer this. It's not like it's free. They're sponsoring it, right? So there are some brands out there on TerraCycle that will be, let's say for makeup, because it's easy, will one big brand that's, you know, maybe a billion dollar company will say like, we'll take back all makeup. We're not just taking back our brand, but let's be honest, small companies like Stasher and like Period Cups, they're not billion dollar companies. So they might not be able to afford to sponsor all Silicone cups, you know what I mean? But it is a step yeah. in the right direction, right? At least Diva Cup is doing it. So maybe other brands will jump on board eventually when they realize that 
it's great that we're reusing these menstrual cups, but mm-hmm. it's like there has to be a way to dispose of them properly. Like you said, we can we can burn them. Um, but it would be great if other brands eventually got on board or partnered together. <laughs> and yeah, offered, that would really be great. Yeah, like partner together with TerraCycle and be like, okay, like 10 brands are sponsoring cups and then they can just send them all back. Again, I don't know the procedure of TerraCycle. But yeah, so that's like an option. <laughs> who do I need to talk to? <laughs> who do I need to talk to at TerraCycle? An option is burning it. If that's what, if you don't want to put it in the trash. And then if you have a diva cup, you can send it with TerraCycle. Yeah, it would be really great with all the silicone products now being put into the world because they're reusable. We're going to end up with like a silicone, <laughs> in my opinion, which is a completely different conversation. But <laughs> I think we will have a lot of silicone in our in our landfill soon. So I'm I hope right brand- there with you. Hope brands jump on board soon (laughs) and kind of like take a little bit of responsibility for the fact that they're creating a product that is not like, I wouldn't want it to be biodegradable necessarily because it's going inside me, but um, (laughs) just taking responsibility for the trash that they're creating at the end of the life cycle. Yeah, it would definitely be nice to have recycling be just actually accessible. (laughs) Um, That's, I mean, I've been like doing greener things with my lifestyle for gosh, more than a decade. And you always hear like, Oh, it's easily recyclable. It's easily recyclable. But again, you just good luck with that. <laughs> right. So like, yeah, silicone can be recycled because TerraCycle is doing it, but it's not traditionally recycled curbside. So right. then it has to go in the trash if it can't be disposed of. So So now that we're done our awesome conversation, I just want to say thank you for taking time to chat with me. I think it was super informative. Um, I hope everyone that was listening um, got a little bit of information that can help them along their sustainable period journey. (laughs) Um, We'll definitely have to come back and talk about like pads a little bit more and maybe like period underwear because we didn't get to touch on that, but we'll have to have a part two for sure if you're up for it. Um, If you want to find Amanda I'll let her jump in and let you know where you can find her but I will have everything in the description so where can people find you if they want to kind of join your community and learn a little bit more thank you um obviously you can find me at putacupinit.com and then on social media everywhere it's just at putacupinit but also one of our best resources is our Facebook group. I know not everyone super loves Facebook, but their (laughs) communities are really wonderful. And we have a private Facebook group that's, I don't know, we're like 90K-ish people. And um, that sounds overwhelming, but I swear it's a really wonderfully curated space. It's a safe space to ask really personal questions without judgment. And um, if you have a question specific to your experience, you're almost guaranteed that someone else there has had that experience and can offer, um, you know, what's worked for them. So it's a really wonderful space. I'm, I'm pretty fond of it. Well, thanks for creating this. I think, you know, women have so many questions about their period, but like you said at the very beginning, or like I said in your bio that it's like, I feel like it was so taboo when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. And then now it's like, no, let's talk about it. Let's talk about our, it's normal. This is not something we should hide about, like hide behind. Like I, my daughter's 12 and yeah. She doesn't have her period yet, but we talk about it. My son's nine. He knows exactly what it is. He knows that he's going to have people in his life that are going to have their periods. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, ooh, gross. It's normal. 
And I think having these conversations, having the Facebook group where people feel safe and it's an inclusive space where they're not judged and they can talk about it because to be honest, like a lot of us are born in like seventies, eighties, weren't really taught that much about our bodies (laughs) and all this kind of stuff. We had to like kind of research it ourselves. So it's nice that you're offering this for younger generations or even people in their thirties and forties that are like, Oh wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I highly recommend that anybody that's listening is like just a little bit curious, join our Facebook group, kind of poke around and like see what it's about and, you know, know that you can, whatever you talk about, it's a safe space for everybody. Thank you. So again, thank you, Amanda, for being here. It's been a great conversation um, and definitely we have to do a part two for sure, for sure, for sure. I would love that. So for more sustainable living inspiration, I have a couple of other episodes you might want to check out. Episode 54 is greenifying your self-care and bathroom routine. 56 is the hidden secrets of the beauty industry. That was an amazing episode, number 56. You definitely have to check it out. Stay connected with me on Instagram and TikTok at this is Stephanie Moram. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on your favorite platform. And please, and I would appreciate it so much if you would share this episode or any other episode with your friends, family, coworker, mom, dad, seriously, anyone you can think of that would benefit from this conversation or any other conversation that I've had on Green Junkie. And you can also download my complimentary audio series. Everything is in the description. So you can not have to write everything down as we're speaking. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday, Green Junkie.